0: Welcome to the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. We are your hosts, Michael and Lauren Falk. We are physical therapists, athletic trainers, and strength and conditioning coaches at Kinetic Sports Medicine and Performance. We will be talking all things related to athletic performance for Milwaukee area athletes. Sports medicine, performance training, sports nutrition, recovery, and sports coaching. There's a lot of misinformation and myths surrounding athletic performance and injuries. This podcast is designed to bring current, factual, and evidence-based information to Milwaukee area athletes. Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. Today I'm joined by Luke Meyer. Luke is a local basketball skills coach and passionate teacher of basketball. He owns and operates his own training company, Real Work Basketball. During his career, Luke has helped players develop, ranging from youth players to NBA players. Luke, thanks for taking the time to come on. I know it's taken too long to get this set up, but this will be fun.
1: It's all good. Pleasure to be here.
0: All right. So to get started, could you give us a little background of how you got into coaching and then uh, what you're doing now?
1: Yeah. So um, kind of at an early age, I always knew that I wanted to be involved in coaching. I had some really good coaches as a youth. Athlete and uh, high school. Um, so my plan going into college was I was going to be a wanted to be a high school basketball coach, um, working the school, and then uh, in college I kind of transitioned to wanting to coach in college. And as I finished up my uh, degree in college, I started to get into uh, player development and coaching jobs are. Obviously, fairly hard to get into. So I uh, kind of made the decision that rather than like, you know, there's conventional wisdom is like you go work camps, you network, you do all that sort of thing. Uh, I kind of decided that I would get into college coaching by just building a reputation by working with players and being really good at that. Um, and then after doing that for a while and it kind of taking off, I basically made the decision that that, that was what I was going to do full time and stop kind of pursuing the college thing. Um, and that's how it all started.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. I know you know I've sat in on some of your sessions and you do really good work and um, we've worked with kind of players that you've worked with in the past and, and uh, you know, you've know you made a ton of impact on, on people. So let's uh, kind of dive into talking basketball player development a little bit today. Um, so one of the things that I've noticed in watching your sessions is that, um, you not only teach kind of skills and techniques, um, but you also give players a context of how to use those new skills in a game. So just wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on your philosophy and how you teach basketball.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically if we're working with a kid from, let's say the ground up, like we want to develop some base skills, like some, um, you know, finishing moves, ball handling things. Um, And then once they get that kind of that base skill set, it's all about situation. Like if you, like a lot of people work on moves and, you know, train moves and stuff, but like you can do a move, but if it's not in the right situation, it's never going to work. So I like situation is everything when it comes to moves. And then like the biggest I thing that, like, my job is basically to get kids to take their training from training to the game, and if you don't have a, uh, like, if they don't know when to do it, then there's never gonna be there's never gonna be that carryover.
0: Yeah, That's something you and I have talked about a little bit before too, because we take the same approach, like in rehab when we're going over different agility techniques or how to change direction. That it, you know, it's all contextual and in one environment you might make one selection of of how you're gonna cut and in another environment you might choose to make a different choice or react to something different and if the players don't understand like when to use stuff and why then it's like you know they have a big bag of tools but it's kind of totally useless
1: yeah for sure
0: all right so let's say that a player comes in and wants to work with you um what's kind of that process like how do you evaluate a player and decide where to start
1: uh it varies I mean like if it's a a pro guy obviously that evaluation is going to be um a little bit different but if you're saying like a a youth player high school player we put them through some different game situations and drills to see how they kind of evaluate them in different situations and then you know based on that like there's kind of some core skills like I said that we think any player needs to have uh, like certain being able to go full speed with either hand being able to change direction full speed um, being able to finish at the rim different ways like this what we we're just talking about different situations require um, different solutions that you have to have um, and then you know, through those kind of core skills that we want to establish. Like if the kids get really good at those, that's when you can branch off into more advanced things and like I think that's a huge thing that kinda of gets missed is people wanna like skip steps. You know, they wanna be like, Well I wanna do what James Harden wants to do And like, well you you can't just do that. Like there's a base fundamental layer that like you have to have and all that, like all those great plays are based off that. Like super simple skill that he mastered, and then like took it to another level.
0: Yeah, I think that's um, that's that's a really good approach. Um, what are what are some what are some like common gaps that you see if you're evaluating a player? So, you know, what do you see a lot of kids that they either haven't worked on or like the biggest areas that that you see in those fundamentals that that they need to address?
1: Uh man, I would say first off. Like if I had to pick one thing for anybody to be really good at, it would be shooting. Uh, and there's not a lot of kids that that are like really, really good shooters. Um, part of that is like mechanics and form, and part of that is just not enough reputation or repetition. So like that would be the first thing. Like if I if you had to get really fit, really good at something, like do that. Um, but there's not a ton of kids that are like elite shooters coming up um then beyond that I think a lot of times what happens is like these gaps in the kids skills are created because they don't really have a plan or like do stuff intentionally um and then they compare themselves to like the group that they're in so like they play AU um you know they might do some basketball workouts but none of it is like geared towards a goal and then you kind of just have like you have like activity without achievement so they're like doing all this stuff but none of it is actually like getting them where they want to go in the long road and they have um like they almost in my experience a lot of times what happens like So when I look at a kid, like we just talked about evaluation, if I'm going to evaluate them and, like, they tell me they want to be, play basketball in college or even, like, be a really good basketball player, like, the scale that I evaluate them on is, like, okay, I know what the best kid in the country looks like compared to you. If he's a 10, like, you're a (laughs) 2. But they evaluate themselves, like, it's, like – well, he's he's like probably one of the best ball handlers on the team. And it's like, well, yeah, but nobody on the team is a good ball handler, <laughs> like comparatively, yeah. right? So, yeah, um, it's just it's just kind of how it is some, right now.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. We we uh, we talked about that with kind of students that we train or or staff members that we start to bring on. Like, you know, we don't just we don't just facilitate activities like we're actually working on something like there needs to be a structured plan to try to improve something, not just, Oh, we're, we're just going to, we have an hour. So we're just going to do this and throw a bunch of stuff on the wall and and see what sticks. You know, we need to to develop it that way. And then there was another study that was interesting. Um, I think it was actually done by a lady that I used to work for her college master's thesis was, she did uh, research on, like, soccer players. She looked at the mindset of, like, the starters versus, like, the bench or the role players. And the starter the starters, so, like, the best players on the team, they tended to compare the, themselves to somebody, like, outside their peer group. So, like, they were in college. They were, like, comparing their game to, like, Harden or LeBron sure. James or somebody right. like that, whereas the role players were comparing their game to um, – somebody within their peer group, like another player on the team or something like that. And, um, I've kind of always taken that, that with me that, you know, when you're talking to athletes and you almost like see what their mindset's like, like, are they kind of settled in there or do they really want to push themselves and try to improve?
1: Yeah. That's, that's funny that you say that because I just started working with a kid who is like, just received a bunch of high major division one offers And we're doing some drills and some things, and I'm making corrections to him. And, like, at one point I just stop. I'm like, look, I understand, like, that this works right now. But where you want to go and where you can go, this doesn't work. So we're not going to prepare you for where you are now. You're fine. We're preparing you, like. What's coming next. Yeah, that high major division one basketball, professional basketball where everybody's as big as you, everybody's as strong as you. And like, I guess I'm not familiar as much as you are with other sports, but like specifically for basketball, the kids that are like super physically gifted, they can kind of coast a lot because they're just literally more talented than other kids. And then that's like where they get into trouble.
0: Yeah, no, I I think we, it's not, I mean, definitely in basketball we see in other sports and um, actually in Europe, They're starting to do some interesting things with um, like the European soccer, like academies in youth where they're, they're actually taking kids and not only dividing them up by age most of the time, like how we do here, but then like four or five times a year, they're dividing them up by maturity level. Mm. So they're taking like the giant super athletic 14 year old that just like runs over everybody and they're putting him up with the 15, 16 year old where now he's not. He can't just physically dominate. And um, and then they take the underdeveloped 16-year-old that's maybe very skilled but doesn't have the athleticism. He hasn't hit his growth spurt yet. They move him down. Now he just went from being the worst player on his team to the best player on the right. team lower. He gets that chance to, like, lead and develop. And I think that was cool and I think something that I hope starts to eventually come over here to, like, help with some of this youth, uh, youth development.
1: Yeah, that would be good.
0: Um, So we kind of talked about it a little bit, but, um, you know, in terms of not having a practice plan, but what are, what are some other mistakes that you see players make um, in practice if they're really trying to make improvements on their game?
1: Um, I mean, the biggest one is they just, they don't like go hard enough. They don't understand. And I, I shouldn't say hard enough. Sometimes it's hard enough from an effort standpoint, but a lot of tough, it's like the mental engagement that you need to have. Like there's obviously a huge difference between just like physically doing the drill and you can be doing it right um, and being completely mentally engaged and focused in exactly what you're trying to do. And like in my experience, um, that's one of the biggest separators of kids because like once you get to a certain level, the talent gap is, you know, everybody's athletic, everybody's big. And, like, what separates a lot of those guys is, like, that mental factor. Like, well, I was working out Jordan Poole when he was in high school. So, he had gone to La Lumiere, the prep school, before he went to Michigan. And then he came in and, like, I could see that focus in him. Like, he's a super silly kid. But, like, when we were working out, like, he was 100% focused on, like, full speed reps like exactly what we were trying to do he was focused on that and like that's something that i've seen you know that's like why he's in the league right now and in it goes back to what you're just saying like he's less talented than a lot of people that aren't in the league like physically but that like mental focus consistently like that's by far the biggest separator
0: yeah no i mean and that's something I've been in the I've been in the gym a couple of times with your pro groups when you send a couple guys home for the day because they're just not they're just not mentally there. It's like, hey, we're not we're not actually doing anything today. Why, yeah. why don't you come back tomorrow?
1: I mean, part part of it too is like taking that next step of just being like, like, are you a are you a professional basketball player? or Are you like a legitimate professional? Like you don't just like go to work enough around yeah like you can't do that like if you're a professional like you go to work you like you're locked in you do your job and then then you go and that's another separator but um, I think one thing on that that I think is good is uh, you can take the most basic skill or drill or anything fundamental and you can make it advanced by the level of focus and effort that you put into it like I can literally just dribble the ball straight down and like you know if I'm doing it like mindlessly I'm not going to get better but if I'm like trying to punch through the ball get quicker like get it to a certain height make sure it's like staying to my fingertips like that I'm getting better and that's like that just that focus separator
0: yeah no and it's those little things that that can add up at the at the end um, so we kind of talked about briefly AAU um, earlier. And for better or worse, basketball and, and really all youth sports um, have become year-round, especially for higher-level players, um, where it's summer AAU season, then preseason for the high school season, then into the season. Um, how do you work with players to like work in development time into this basketball calendar and schedule throughout their year?
1: I think it's important to... Um, number one, I don't care how old you are. You need to rest like just in general, like, you know, like you're playing football and then you go to basketball practice on Tuesday and Friday and like you have three different things every day and like, it's just too much. Um, like I've had multiple kids, like middle school players that I've trained get hurt and have to sit out and they, and the both of them grew three inches in like a month. Because they just rested. They couldn't do anything. They just rested. Um, You – like what I try to do is the part of the the year is going to have a a pretty heavy influence on like the type of workout that I'm going to do with the kid. So like if it's a – like during the season, I'm going to do – some really low impact, like high repetition things, like a lot of uh, catch and shoot, a lot of finishing work. But I'm gonna take out all the extra stuff. So it might just be like one dribble and like the last two steps of the finish. So you're really only covering like three feet. You're not, you know, driving from the three point line. So eliminating all the extra and just focusing on the actual skill. Um, you know, like ball handling, um, high reps and shooting, like during the season. So, like I said, low impact, high repetition stuff. Um, we'll kind of like right now, our pro guys are starting to gear up a little bit. Um, so, we'll kind of kick up the intensity a little bit. We haven't really like played at all, like one on one, two on two stuff that will like kind of start to add in as we get closer to <clears throat> like September when they're gonna leave. Um, but, you know, like high school kids, middle school kids, they're always basically in season. So, you know, part of my workouts too is like, I'm never gonna like physically try to kill you. Yeah. Like my wife was a gymnast. And if I told her like, hey, can you go take over for me at work today? Like, all I want you to do is like make them really tired. Like she could do that. Right. She couldn't teach you to do anything like yeah. Technical, but she could like give you a basketball and make you tired. Yeah. So like I, that's never been my thing. Like I want to teach. I want to help like give these kids tools to make them successful. And there's like sometimes a certain element of conditioning in that. But um, so from my standpoint, that's kind of where it stands. Like I'm not killing the kids. Um,
0: but. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, you make a really good point. Like anybody can make people tired. It, it's much harder to actually make them better and that's we take the same approach in rehab or performance I think that the other thing and you and I have kind of talked about this before and um, you know sometimes the players have to like look at themselves and say like what do I want to accomplish with um, with my sport and like if your skills or your athleticism isn't on par with being a college basketball player and all you want to go do is play tournaments and not actually work on your game. Like you're never going to accomplish that, that goal. Like sometimes you need to play less and work on your weaknesses more.
1: Yeah. I mean, and like a lot of those kids, like their strengths aren't like what they would need to be. I think a lot of times it just gets, like, my, my oldest son is going to be six, so I'm not into sports, but, like, some of his friends have, like, a little bit older brothers and stuff like that, and you can already see it, like, starting to creep in, like, kids five years old, he's got piano once, like, literally every night, like, he played t-ball when he was five last year. There was a kid, they played t-ball, the game was late, like, seven to eight, and, like, He's looking for his friend, his friend's gone, and the friend's mom's like, oh, he has golf lessons now. This kid's like five, not even five years old, he's like four and a half, five years old, and he's taking golf lessons at eight o'clock at night because that was the only time they could fit it in. So, like, as kids get a little older, I think it's always, like, it turns into a uh, keeping up with the Joneses kind right. of type thing. Well, like, well, he's doing that, so we better do that, and that's just not um, – if you want to be like everybody else, just do like do what yeah, everybody do else does.
0: Yeah, well, like it's the famous story about like oh Michael Jordan got cut from his you know JV basketball team. It's like, well, yeah, but I guarantee you, Michael Jordan didn't just sit on the couch eating Cheetos for that year. Like, right, you know, he and, was.
1: And Michael Jordan grew four inches, <laughs> yeah. and had a forty-inch vertical like that. There's a you know like C.J. McCollum. There's like the same thing. Like, yeah. oh, he was a. Five two freshman playing on varsity, and now he's in the NBA. It's like, yeah, like he worked really hard, and like people doubted him. right The dude's also like six six, and an elite like, athlete, an elite <laughs> athlete. Like that's you know, like anything is possible. It's like no, yeah, you have if to you go work on your yeah. game, <laughs> and you're like if you're gonna play Division one basketball, professional basketball, you have to meet like a baseline of some athleticism like yes. i'm all for like skill work but like if you're playing in the nba like god has blessed you <laughs> with not normal physical abilities yeah. like that's just a fact like
0: yeah and it's got to line up with you know it's not just the most talented person you got to do the right stuff and be a good teammate and they, you know they're doing all the other things too to uh, yeah. to get there so that's uh that's really interesting and I mean, I think especially basketball, just I'm always amazed at, at having to try to work around those schedules from my perspective. So looking at what you do and trying to help these kids and get time for this, I'm just uh, I'm just always amazed that, you know, you're able to to really still get these things accomplished with how busy the uh the athletes get. So um one of the other things that I really respect about you is um how well you're able to communicate and then um, especially how well you're able to change how you communicate kind of across working with a variety of players. So what changes in just your approach in terms of dealing with coaching, interacting with um, like a professional player versus a youth or high school player?
1: Um, I think one of, the, one of the things that I learned like early on when I started working with like high-level high level professional players is they're, like, really, really smart. So it started as me asking a lot of questions about what they thought about certain things. And, like, usually it would align with, like, what I was thinking or, like, I might learn something from them. And um, as I did that, like, I was was basically just, like – trying to learn from them a little bit. But I started to realize like me asking those questions and like, there's times where I like, I would go at it with like, like, I don't agree with you. and like, (laughs) here's why. And, but it was always like, it was respected because like we were both coming from the same spot. But like once I was doing that, I could see like the relation, like players trusted me because it wasn't, they don't like it when somebody's like, you need to do it like this and you need to do it like that. Like each player is a little different in like, you know, their game and like how they like to do things. Um, So I I could tell like that started to like build trust with those guys. And then I kind of have the same approach with younger kids. And honestly, like, I don't really care what they tell me. Like I know what I want them to do much more so than a professional guy. Um, so when I'm asking them questions, you know, I'll ask them like, what, you know, why do you think I want you to do it this way? Like, what is wrong with the way that you were doing it? Or, um, I'm guiding them more yeah. to an answer that I want, but it's, yeah. it, it helped. It just builds the relationship a lot more. Cause it's, like I said, even like, no, they don't just want you to like, yeah, you gotta do it this way. You gotta do it this way. Like they, like the first thing that we talked about, they need to know why they're doing it um otherwise it's never going to click
0: yeah you're like uh like socrates you know with the uh <laughs> <laughs> just teaching all the uh, uh with the questioning no i think you make some really interesting points i mean that's something that we notice a lot working with our pro players too and um something that i've learned from my background is like they are very observant and they're creatures of habit and they have many of them have so many people in their ear and they have so many like yes men sometimes that are just telling them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And like, if you are just honest with them and direct with them, like, and take their input, but aren't afraid to, you know, say like, I don't think you're right. And this is why like that buy-in and trust level is, is just instantly higher because I don't think people do that a lot. No.
1: Yeah, and especially for, like, what I do, like, there's so many basketball trainers now that, like, if somebody, like, wanted to go somewhere else, they could find somebody that would just, like, work them out for free in yeah. two seconds. Um, but that's just, I learned, too, through that, like, if if that's what they want, then, like, that's not really what i want to get into anyway so it's probably better for both parties if like we do different things yeah
0: no I, that's that's the approach that we we take in those situations is like you may not like what i have to say all the time but like i'm going to always be honest and direct with you and if it's not for you then you know i'm probably not the right, i'm probably not yeah. the right fit yeah so Okay, last thing I want to dive into. So I'm um, just interested to get your perspective as a coach, but you know this could be kind of basketball players or really just any athletes that are listening to this. But if a player wants to, you know, show a coach that he's like really serious about his development, like really wants to try to improve, work on his game, take that next step, what what's like the first step, or what does that player need to do to to really show his coaches that he wants to that he's serious about getting better?
1: Um, I think the first step is just really like initiative. So many kids and players will, like, they're so used to everything being structured for all their stuff, like, you know, soccer, basketball, trainer, all everything structured. So if you show the initiative, and, and you just like went to your coach, and you say, like, I would tell guys to just say, um, like, what do you think I need to get better at? Like, just ask what because do, nobody does that. Or just say like, "Hey, coach, can you let me in the gym? Or can you get there early so I can get some some shots up beforehand, and then you know actually follow that up with with action and just do it? Because that there's so many kids that just don't do that. Like they set their words don't align with their actions. Like you know, I want to do this, I want to do that, but like what they're actually doing, it doesn't it doesn't
0: line up. Yeah, yeah, talks." Talk's pretty cheap.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like if you – if I have to pick between believing what you say or believing what you do, I'm going to believe what you do every time.
0: Yeah. I think that's really, really good advice. And hopefully players that that are listening to this can take it to heart. Like that, you know, doesn't take talent or elite athleticism to show somebody that you're serious about getting better. It's really just kind of effort and initiative and you – you taking your, your development in your own hands versus waiting for somebody else to do it for you. Yep. So, all right. That was, um, that was really good and interesting. Hopefully people are able to take a lot out of this. We usually wrap up with a quick kind of lightning round with some fun questions to, uh, all let right. people get to get to know you, uh, a little bit better. So, um, what, uh, what's, a what your favorite NBA player to watch right now?
1: Ooh, um, man, and it's tough for me to say favorite. Um, I'm like pretty neutral. Like I just like to watch like really good guys. Um,
0: okay. What a different question. What about a, what's like your favorite, what do you think is the best move is in the NBA right now? Or what's something that you, you teach a lot to, uh, to players to use?
1: Um, I would say I'll combine. I'll, will say Kevin Durant to so the first one. Um, because I feel like he's like the uh, – like his skill set at his height and like he is literally unguardable um, and he's like a, like a worker. Like yeah. He's constantly adding stuff to his game. Um, I like the guys that are like super skilled. Like I, I like Kyrie. Um, I like CJ McCollum. I like Damian Millard. Um, you know, like – I'm not a big fan of just like the hyper athletic, like I like you know I'm a skills (laughs) trainer, so that's the stuff I want to see.
0: I like it. Um, Okay, what uh, what would your record be if you played one on one in your gym right now?
1: Not good. Uh, (laughs) Like right now, I pretty much only have like pro and college guys and like really good high school players working out for like the the time being. So. I could I could win some shooting contests, but I'm not going to win a lot of one-on-one.
0: That's uh, that, that's fair. You you you've got some freak athletes in your in yeah, your building, like it right would now. Not be pretty. I like. You just you got to dust off the old old man moves and just just cheat.
1: No, I can't even do that because like normally the old man is like stronger and like and I'm not, so I'm I'm not winning.
0: All right. Did you? uh, I know you played uh, college basketball. What do you have a a career basketball highlight that you want to share?
1: Oh man, you know, like my my playing career was pretty like unspectacular. Uh, (laughs) Like I was a good player, and like one of the reasons I got into player development was like I started to get into it, and like I just finished playing in college, and I was just like a knockdown shooter. Like I shot. So my highlight would be I shot. Over 50% from three for my career. Really? Yep. So I was a really good shooter. Like, I wasn't good at handling it. I wasn't good at driving it. And um, I started to do all this, like, player development stuff and, like, learn about it. And I'm like, man, if I would have known that stuff, like, because I was pretty athletic. Like, I, when I was in college, I could do, like, 360 dunks. And, like, I'm 6'4", so I'm not tiny. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I could have been, like, so much better, <laughs> like, if I would have known all this stuff. So that was kind of like a driving force of me like really getting into it. But um, as far as a highlight, I mean, that's yeah, that's a pretty that's good really, one. It. It's good. I mean, that's I was a really good shooter. I'll give you that. But I
0: like, don't uh, I don't care what what division, what level, what level of competition. Like fifty percent from three for think, for a career is is yeah. impressive.
1: My sophomore year, I was fifty six.
0: That's wild. That's uh, I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed this today, Luke. Thanks again for your time. Um, it was a great conversation. I hope that um, some of the Milwaukee area basketball players are able to take a lot away from this. Um, where can people learn more about you and what you're doing?
1: Um, so right now, best place is probably uh, social media. So Instagram, uh, Twitter. It's just at Luke Meyer L U K E M E I E R. Those are my personal pages. Like DM. Um try to post some of the stuff from what we're doing in the gym on those pages. Um, our website's getting made right now, so that's in the process. But, yeah, social media is the best best spot okay. right now.
0: Awesome. I will, uh, I will get those in the show notes so people can look, look you up online. Thank you again for your time today, and thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new that will help you achieve your goals. If you did, we would love for you to head over to Instagram and search MKE Sports Podcast. Like, follow, or comment on today's episode. If you have questions, comments, topics, or guest suggestions, reach out through that Instagram account. Your feedback will help us make this podcast as relevant and informative as possible. If you have additional time, we'd appreciate your help in spreading this information. If you could head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review, it will help us spread the word to more athletes in the greater Milwaukee area. Have a great day, and we will see you next time.